Good morning. Little Mother's Day video there, just to tug at the heartstrings. You know, it's true, isn't it? Sometimes we uh, we think just a normal day, but through our eyes it may be, but we forget sometimes, don't we, that there are some eyes that to them it's never just a normal day. It's a magical day spending time with mums. Um, so happy Mother's Day to you all. My name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here. If you're visiting, good morning and welcome to Connect Church. And this morning we are celebrating uh, all you wonderful mums out there. Uh, I better clarify at this point because some of you are already like, Dave, mums are plants. What are you talking about? Well, I apologize. Where I come from in England, we call them mums. I know here they're moms. But uh, just for the next hour, I'm afraid they're going to be mums. Okay, so uh, welcome all you mums out there. We think you're amazing. You really are. You, you pick up the mess, you, you clean up, you pick up the dirty clothes, you help prepare meals, help figure out what clothes uh, need to be worn, you wipe in bits of food off faces, and, and that's just what you do for us husbands. So we are super grateful that even over and above that, you do so much more for the kids as well. You are. You're amazing. So, so happy Mother's Day to every one of you. Um, but can I just pause here for a second in the service? Because um, I'm very aware of the facts, uh, because for Casey and I, we actually have some friends and family members who have had difficult times as mums. So I'm aware of the fact that maybe there's someone here this morning, maybe more than one, for whom Mother's Day brings a little bit of heartache. Maybe it brings a little bit of a, a pain this morning. Maybe Mother's Day is a reminder of a child that you've lost, that isn't with us anymore. Maybe it's a, a mother that you've lost. This could be your first Mother's Day without mum. Maybe it's someone sitting here this morning who desperately wants to be a mum, but at this point that still hasn't happened. And we're very aware of the fact that, that this is the case. We have a good friend, Case and I, she's a part of this church. And just a few years ago we walked through a, a tragic situation with their family where uh, just, just weeks before their baby was due to be born, the um, the baby's heartbeat stopped, and we had a, a, a time with them, and I was talking to her about Mother's Day, and she shared with me the post that she put on Facebook last year, and I wanted to share it with you if I could. So she put this picture up. It says, for the one who has lost a mother, for the mother who has lost a child, for the one who longs to be a mum, you are not forgotten this Mother's Day. You are in our prayers, and we love you. So if any part of that is where you find yourself this morning, we want to pray for you right now. Father God, we just pause for a moment here to remember those who maybe today is a difficult day. It could be that there's somebody here who's a mum who has lost a child or somebody here who desperately wants to be a mum and that hasn't yet happened. Maybe someone here this morning who's lost a mum. And even on Mother's Day, there could be dads who are grieving this morning because of what Mother's Day reminds them of. So whoever it is here this morning, Lord, I pray they would feel your peace and your comfort and your um, just presence in their lives, just filling them with hope and um, just comfort at this time. We love that you've created mums especially to have such a loving heart. And because of that, when that heart is hurt, Lord, it hurts a lot. So just let them experience your love, comforting them today, I pray. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So this morning, on this very special Mother's Day service, uh, I have to tell you that I've been relegated to being just a host, okay? I'm just a host of the service this morning. We have a treat in store from you this morning. We actually have three wonderful stories that we're going to tell you. Three amazing stories from three different mums, uh, three different, very, very different stages of life. Some are mums of very small children, some are mums of teenagers, some are stay-at-home mums, some are working mums, but every one of them has a unique kind of perspective they're going to share this morning. And I kind of said this in first service, I hope this is the case. Having heard it, I know this is the case, that every one of them, I think in some way will challenge uh, all of us here this morning, not just the mums, but all of us, I think, can learn and be challenged from these ladies' stories. They're wonderful stories, and I know you're going to enjoy them this morning. And uh, the very first story is going to come to us this morning via video uh, from a young lady named Jessica. So check out this story. My story is I have three amazing kids that are just awesome. I own a business. I own a salon. I am a partner in a bridal business where we do wedding hair and makeup, and I am um, a part of a hair care company. And I spin a lot of plates, as you can imagine, but I love it. And I feel like my kids, my three kids, they are just my why. My husband is my why. Um, they're why we do what we do every day, in, day in, and day out. And sometimes we're fishing for unperishable items to put in our children's lunch boxes, feeling like we're the best moms ever. But I think it's just, we never feel like we're enough, obviously. We're always just facing this issue where everything feels like it just gets a little part of us. But I think when we're trying, we don't give ourselves enough credit. I mean, what ultimately it all boils down to is everything we do at the end of the day, whether it's being a mom, working, whatever it is, it's our opportunity as a Jesus follower to just be his hands and feet and to go out, whether it be with your kids or in your workplace. That's our ministry. We don't have to be behind the church, behind a pulpit to make a difference every single day. We have that opportunity to do that with our kids and in their lives and with their friends. I mean, I just want to be that place where we are stinking serving the doctor's kids' pizzas. Like, I want to be able to just have an influence on my kids and and be an example for them and let them be in my life. And if I had one thing that I would want to encourage each mama is do not wish away the season that you're in. I feel like we're constantly just looking on to that next season. It'll be better when they do this. It'll be better when they can do this. And I can't wait till this time. And I had somebody really important to me tell me once when they look back on their life is don't wish this away. I spent my whole life wishing this away and I wish that I could get that back. And it is so easy to say, but it's not easy to do. And I just, my prayer for everybody listening is that you would just embrace your season and love your season. And if you have to change a diaper, you just be so thankful you're changing that stinky diaper because it is gonna be gone in a glimmer of an eye. And it is everything that is part of seasoning these babies and loving them. and. Even if they're not babies and they're eight or 13, like just embrace them where they're at because every season is so important and 
as mamas and working moms and moms that stay home, like, gosh, every single one of those mamas deserves so much love and honor because we're going to mess up and we're going to have shortcomings and we're going to feel like just bits and pieces of our lives are just like a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here and everything's getting just a little bit of us. But ultimately, Jesus is the rest. You just give what your little heart can give, and he's going to fill in the, the blank spaces and make it all worthwhile. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica. Um, great, great little story there. Just don't wish it away. You know, I'll bet many of us whose kids are grown up now and have moved on would say to families just beginning, you know, that don't wish it away. You'll be amazed how quickly those stages of life change and how much those, those times, how quickly those times fly by. So um, our second mum, who is going to speak to us this morning, is actually not going to be on video. She's coming live. And uh, I remember, this was maybe just a little over a month ago, a couple of months ago, we were in a series on marriage, and I was sat in the front row next to my wife, who had very courageously agreed to come and share a few thoughts in the series. And in that moment, right before we came off onto the stage, she said to me, now just don't expect me to ever do this again, all right? It'll be years before you get me back up on that stage. Well, it's funny, because this morning, just a couple of seconds ago, she said to me, all right, but just don't expect me to do it again, okay? Because it's going to be years before you're going to get me up on that stage again, but here she is. So welcome, Casey Jane. <laughs> oh, hi. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all our mommies out there. Um, I want to start by telling a little story from when I was um, younger. I was about college age, and it was Christmas break, so I was home for, home for Christmas break, and all my siblings were home. I have five brothers and sisters. And um, so when we get together, it's usually a party. And this particular night, my parents had decided to go out for the evening. And so, of course, we were having a lot of fun. Um, we were doing this, this thing that we liked to do, and it was called Superman. And as you can imagine, it's basically just flying people through the air. So we were... Um, what we did was we would, one person would stand on the arm of the couch and just launch themselves and fly. And then we would all catch, the, the rest of us would catch that person. We were just going one person after the next, like really, really quick. My, my baby sister's a cheerleader, so she was actually teaching us like these catches. I think it was called the basket catch or something. And you lock wrists and then you lock, you grab onto the other person's wrist. And so you're pretty secure. We, we know what we're doing, you know. We, we have a good foundation and we're, we're ready. Well... Uh, we went through quite, quite a lot of turns of doing this, and then my baby sister, it was, I say it's the last time because you'll hear why in a minute, but the last time she went and launched herself to jump, and jumped off the couch, she like kind of overshot it. So we all had to completely adjust, and we backed up and ended up knocking our Christmas tree over. Now, usually, I don't really, I don't really get what happened this year because we always had had fake trees. Well, this year was a real tree. So it was a nightmare. It was a complete mess. And um, we were kind of, we were kind of like freaking out. So we, I have never seen teamwork in this bunch of siblings ever like I did that night. Um, we had to clean our butts off and fix the carpet, 
put the tree back up, get the ornaments just like we thought they were. And um, it, when we were finished, we, we, were pretty, we were pretty proud of ourselves. And so we were all just sitting around. There was like a big sectional in our front room. We were all just sitting around there. And we were just like, okay, we're just going to chill now. Well, not too long after that, my parents came through the door, and they walked through the foyer. They didn't say hi. They didn't say anything. But my mom just looks in the front room, and she says, who knocked over the Christmas tree? <laughs> and we, I remember being, like, amazed. I'm like, are you kidding me? This woman, my view of her, she knew everything. She had eyes in the back of her head. And uh, she just, she, she was never wrong. And even like buying clothes. When I would buy a shirt or something and come home and sh she would say, eh, I'm not really sure if that's the best fit for you or the best look or whatever. And then sure enough, a week later, I was like, oh, I hate this shirt. She was right. And she just, she just seemed to know it all. Well, fast forward a, quite a few years to us having, starting our family and having our first son, Ben. Um, he's almost 16. And, uh, oh no, he is 16. Sorry, Ben. So this is a little over 16 years ago. And I had been around babies a lot. I thought I, you know, I didn't put a lot of thought to the baby part of things because I, I grew up babysitting all the time. My, my siblings were younger and, you know, I, I was very comfortable with the thought of babies. I probably wasn't as comfortable with the thought of labor, but babies, when, to think about the actual baby, I was ready. So we, we end up going into the hospital to have Ben. It turns out to be 42 hours of labor. So fair enough. I had every right to be freaked out of labor because it was terrible. And um, <laughs> it was quite a recovery. But um, the, the baby part, when we were in the hospital, I thought it was pretty fun. We, um, people are bringing you food, which I love. I love hospital food because I'll take any food that someone wants to serve me. And, um, you know, you have friends and family visiting, and um, it just was a really fun celebration. You forget about all the bad stuff of labor, and you just enjoy. But then you get to the day where you have to go home. And um, I feel like they were, like, kicking me out. I think we did stay as long as the insurance would let us. But um, I, I just had this feeling, like, gosh, they're trying to get rid of us. Once they sign those papers, it's like, come on, come on, get out. Dave's loading the car. They're putting Ben in the car seat, making sure that he fits right or whatever they have to check. And um, they're putting you in a wheelchair and wheeling you right out. And I remember thinking in that moment that I, this is getting really real. I don't know what I'm doing at all. And I remember looking up with tears in my eyes at the nurse, and I was like, seriously, you let, just let these parents go home with this new life? We have no idea what we're doing. I don't understand. Can you come with us? Can they send somebody home with me? Like, I was, I serious, this is serious. I seriously said this. And I was, like, freaked out. And needless to say, it was quite an adjustment those first couple of weeks. And then you get through that, and it's all right. But I really, I really thought that I knew enough. But don't we all have these moments that, um, gosh, we don't know what to do. There's mother, or moments in motherhood that you just aren't really sure which way to go. And even in life, for everyone here, I know I'm speaking through the lens of motherhood today, but um, life is like that. Life is hard moments kind of creeping in, in and out of our lives. You dream of having this like sweet baby face, and you don't think about the sleepless nights, the sicknesses, uh, the spit up going down your neck and down your whole shirt. Um, you don't think about the times that you're in, in, the, in the shop looking at the clothes and your daughter's on the 
on the floor looking at looking under the racks. And I didn't see a lady under the, on the other side of the racks, but then she, said, she all of a sudden announces, Mom, that lady's got a big butt. And I was like, no clue what to do in this moment. You know, there's a lot of those. And then you go to teenage years, and you go to smart mouths, and you go to um, stop fighting. How many times can you say, say stop fighting? I don't know what to say anymore, you know? And you go to dating and driving and their first accident and disappointments and unexpected things come out of nowhere. Um, life continues to happen. Oh, he wants me to take my gum out, but I feel more comfortable with my gum. <laughs> if I get a dry mouth, it's your fault. <laughs> it's not up here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway. Life continues to happen, and especially as moms, we can forget to take care of ourselves. I learned this the hard way, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, I thought I was a pretty high-functioning mom. I had it, I had it together. I had um, laundry routines. There's certain days I did laundry, and um, I had my meal prep, my meal planning, and um, I had a routine for a routine. I threw in some quiet times and spending time with God. I, what, I was trying to be the best support to my husband that I could. Um, I, was, I was a pretty structured mom um, up until a few years ago. Um, I remember um, we were celebrating our year anniversary of Connect. So it was like our one-year birthday party. And it was super fun and super exciting. And we were like, wow, you know, we've been doing this for a year. This is awesome. But I can remember sitting on the front row and literally thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, We've been doing this for a year. And I realized in that moment, I was tired. I was beyond tired. I was exhausted. Um, unfortunately, I began to have some health issues that forced me to take a good hard look at my life and um, the direction it was headed. I realized at this time in my life that um, I was waking up each day just to, just to check things off lists and get it done and couldn't wait till bed at night. My days seemed long and hard, and my self talk was terrible. I would have a, a list of things to do in a day, and if I didn't get two or three things done, I would be like, okay, you failed. That's ridiculous. You should be able to do that. Um, I also got caught up, caught up in what I thought other people thought I should be and do. Um, this led to perfectionism and to feeling like I was never good enough. I couldn't even live up to my own expectations. I was too busy about caring for everybody else that I had forgotten to care about, care about myself. Um, in Luke, there's an account in the Bible um, that talks about Jesus visiting Mary's home. And it says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village when a woman named Mar Martha welcomed him to their home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over the details, over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary had discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Um, this is a passage that I've heard several times throughout my life. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in church. And this is something that I had, I had heard, and I thought 
that I knew. But it became really real in this um, journey of exhaustion and um, health issues. And I really had to slow down. And I was forced to learn how to rest, which is really hard for someone who isn't used to resting. Um, when I talk about rest, I'm not talking about like a nap or a good night's sleep, although those are fine. And I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about quiet times and your devotions and um, reading Christian books and all that. That's all great, but today I'm talking um, about something that goes beyond that. I'm talking about resting in your core and um, sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary chose to do. My small group is doing a book called Present Over Perfect, and I want to read a little ex ex excerpt, whatever that's called, from it. Um, on page 91, it says, well, she's talking to a friend, and um, she's talking about how she, how she can't believe she got herself into the place she was in life. And it says, I have no trouble at all praying for other people. I love to pray for other people, for big things and small things, matters of great consequence. But I'm just beginning to get comfortable once again, after many years of distance, to, to pray the contents of my own heart, the needs and longings of my own spirit. It feels awkward sometimes, and it feels life-changing. And then it goes on to say, it's a paraphrase from Psalms 46.10, Be not afraid, my dear one. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Be still. Be. It starts with be. Just be, dear one. And then later on in the book, she explains how she's getting ready for a crazy, crazy Christmas. And she's talking about how she could get, go all out and do it all perfectly and make it all fantastic. But then she says, or I could plunk myself down right in the middle of the mess and realize that this mess is actually my life. The only one I'll ever get. The one I'm in danger of missing completely, waiting around for fantastic. This isn't about working less or more necessarily. This isn't about homemade or takeout or full-time or part-time or the specific way we choose to live our lives. It's about rejecting the myth that every day is a new opportunity to prove our worth and about the truth that our worth is inherent, given by God, not earned by our hustling. I started realizing that this fast-paced life wasn't working for me anymore and that value doesn't come from doing. Value comes from being. And God started to stir my soul to just rest in him and to grasp what that truly means. But to do that, he also stirred in me to visit the whole concept of grace. Um, let's look at a few me memes that I saw that kind of sum up probably what all of us moms can um, relate to. Here's the first one. Sorry I'm late. I got into an argument with my toddler about socks. Sure, we've all had that. A mother's love is unconditional. Her temper is another subject. Oops. <laughs> your loving and patient mother clocks off at 8 a.m. I suggest you get your tiny butt in bed before angry and I've had enough mother arrives. Okay? Okay. <laughs> and the last one, the chains on my mood swing just snapped. Run. <laughs> and that just shows us that we all, we all need his grace. And thank goodness for our kids that give us grace every day. Um, the crazy thing about grace is it's undeserved, it's unearned, but it's only when we grasp God's grace that we fully can extend it to others. And I had a real dig deep moment for, actually for a, a few, a couple of years. Shame is the opposite of grace. Shame 
says, because I am flawed, I am nothing. Grace says, though I'm flawed, I'm cherished. Shame keeps us from finding this grace. It tells us I'm not good enough, I'm a mess, I'm unlovable. Grace says, just come as you are. You're loved and you're adored. Um, And that's all to do with your belief system. You know, when you're focusing on shame, your belief system is based around untruth. When you're focused on grace and how we can come just as we are, that's based on truth. You know you have those moments when you're looking at your kids across the room and your heart just skips a beat out of nowhere and you can't even put it into words what it means and the love that you feel, it's just there's no words for it. I had a come to Jesus moment that that's what I realized my father feels about me. And though I probably wouldn't want to live this last couple of years again, it's been amazing to see him reveal that even more to me. In John 1.16, it says, For out of his fullness we have received grace upon grace. It's already there waiting. We just need to receive it. And I know this could come as some weird words from a pastor's wife because I, I've heard this all my life, and I know this, and, but it was um, one of those things where the calendar just caught up with me. You add year after year after year. You add activity after activity. Your kids are in so many things. You, you commit to so many things, and before you know it, you end up realizing, whoa, wait a minute, I forgot to rest, and I forgot about his grace. Rest and grace go hand in hand. Rest leads us to his grace, and understanding his grace leads us to continued rest. The last thing I wanted to mention about this journey I've been on is that um, I have to remember to repeat. Um, Sometimes we get so caught up in the culture. This culture tells us to go, 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 and do, 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 like do all this stuff and be more need more, and do more. And the doing is not a bad thing. I am not saying that at all today. Our schedules, you know, we have to be busy. We have to do things. But what I am saying is the, the doing shouldn't define our being. Our being should be defined. Our, our being should define our doing. And um, I've had to keep this as a constant awareness to seek daily rest for my soul and, to, um, and just to know that it's a recurring choice. It's a daily choice to remember, to rest in that grace and not in the chaos. Uh, Several points over the last year, I thought I was going through the worst time of my life, and 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 I probably was, but it's been so freeing to know that I can just be and be myself, and that's enough. If I can give any advice to moms here today, I would say just to give yourself a break. Rest in him and choose his grace. Just accept it. And um, I, I just want to close with one story that um, happened really quickly on into this journey that um, I've been on. And it, I, was, I was going to a pharmacy to meet with a pharmacist. He was doing like a consultation or whatever. And because I was, I was taking some different supplements and I wanted to make sure these other ones could go together. And so I did a 15-minute thing with him. And he was kind of a talker. He was kind of um, unique and sort of over the top. But I also remember him being like, he he had lived a hard life. He had had some hard moments in life. And he was super passionate about his work and about helping others. And he, as he, um, this was evident as he continued to share with me. And then he ended up um, just sharing this mission statement with me. 
And it was like, I don't even remember, but it was a big, long mission statement that he could recite. And he knew that that was what God had given him to filter through the rest of his life and his daily, his daily goings. And um, he, I, I left the place thinking, oh, great. Now, now, I don't have a mission statement for my life. I don't. I'm a mess. I am a hot mess. I don't know what direction I'm going. And now, through this last um, couple of years of journeying through all of this, I feel like I do have a mission statement for my life, and that is to rest, grace, and repeat. I don't get to kiss all the visiting speakers, so uh, <laughs> I'll just take advantage of that moment. <laughs> Thank you so much, Case. Amazing. I'm uh, super proud of my wonderful wife. And I just, I just, I know as I was sitting there just seeing God use her, that God, I'm, I know, has been talking to some of you through that this morning. So I hope that that inspires you and challenges you, and especially you wonderful mums out there. Just that idea of rest, grace, repeat. It's, it's almost a decision we have to make. Um, as I was watching Case talk, I was just thinking that for me, one of my favorite things about being the pastor at Connect is not just, I, well, that's not true. My favorite thing is seeing people find Jesus. Uh, if you're here this morning and you've not yet discovered a relationship with Jesus, it will change your lives forever. It's just the best decision you can ever make. But over and above that, I think my next favorite thing is when people have discovered how much Jesus loves them and that they can have a relationship with him, that they then discover this unique plan he has for their lives. And I've had the privilege and pleasure since being the pastor of Connect of watching some people discover this, this ability they've got or this, this talent or this plan or this, this direction that God's taken them in. And some people, as we're about to hear in this next video, it came at a time of life that maybe uh, they had no idea, but suddenly God took them on this journey. They kind of turned a corner they hadn't expected and their lives changed forever. But then seeing that person operate within the gift that God's given them and then develop their own mission state of how their passion passion is now impacting others is wonderful. So check out this uh, final video we've got this morning about Wendy Langstaff. Well, the business was completely accidental. Started this out of my house with just a few friends because none of us wanted to make dinner. So that's how it all started. It was a group of girls. It took us eight hours, one whole Saturday. We cut onions and cried together. The recipes were horrible. It was very expensive dog food. And then it just kind of grew from there till I finally quit my corporate job to do it full term. And within a week of quitting my corporate job, I found out I wasn't allowed to do it out of my house. So we were forced into our first building. We actually had no plans to ever move into a building. Sunny and I started. We had one employee for the longest time. Now we're up to four locations and 32 employees. I love when we bring an employee on board, and a lot of our employees are stay-at-home moms, and now they're doing a vacation, or now they've bought a second car, or now they're going out on date nights weekly with their husband, because financially they can. So yes, what we do is give you food, but what our mission is, is to bring families back together, to get the whole family to sit down at the table. So we have five kids, um, age range 10 up through 15. At our house, we try to sit down as often as possible, and when we do, it is Tradition, we say prayer, and whoever said prayer is the person who starts to go around in the circle of what was your favorite part of the day. And we do it every night. And if you're a guest at our house, you join in. And that's part of our family deal. And the second we get done going all the way around, 
seven of us. It could take a while. I'm done. I'm done. Can I be excused? But they know they don't jump up before we get through that. And so if I can help bring that to other customers and I can bring that family dinner table setting, I've done my job. I think the way my faith plays into mothering, parenting, being a wife, being a business owner, actually drastically changed just within the past, gosh, maybe 12 months. So when we started this business, like I said, it was very accidental and I was in it for the dollar now. Well, that's not the way a relationship with Christ works at all. There's a lot about delayed gratification and learning six months down the road, oh, was that the lesson? Is that what I was supposed to have learned then? And sometimes it's so distinct. I was in the middle of pump class doing a squat track when it, it hit me like I literally laughed out loud. Oh, that was the lesson. There's no, there is sometimes instant gratification, but I'm learning to grow beyond that and to learn to embrace delayed gratification in the business world, in the parenting world, and mostly in my relationship with Christ because things don't happen instantly. And if you want them to happen instantly, you're going to find other ways to get that gratification that may not be on the right path of your walk with God. My favorite part about being a mom is just watching my kids excel. Every mom knows that look on your kid's face. When you walk in the door and they drop what they're doing to come and jump into your arms, when you see them make that pass at soccer, when you see them bring home their A+, that moment of pure pleasure and how proud they are on their face, that makes everything worth it. And there are many times I'll stop in the middle of a hug and literally say out loud, it's all worth it. Like right now, just catch that moment because they don't last. Sometimes they're not often enough, but when it's there, you have to, I think for me at least, I have to physically, verbally acknowledge it. And sometimes my kids get sick of it. We'll be on vacation. I'm like, this is why we vacation. This is why we go to Disney all the time. This, And sometimes like, yeah, we get it. This is why we get it. But my mom hurt. It just, it fills up off those individual moments. And I think that's the best part of parenting. So I, uh, I love hearing stories. I love getting to hear your stories. I love getting to hear what God's doing in your life. Um, over the last couple of years, I've got to hear a little bit more of Wendy's story. And I remember saying to her a while back, Wendy, we're going to tell your story one Sunday at church because I loved how this kind of journey kind of crept up on her. And now suddenly she finds herself running this business. And yet is still a wonderful mom and has just does so much with her family and sees what she's doing as being a way to help bless others. She's done, uh, her organization has done some wonderful things for Connect, helping us out with some food at different events. And I just know that what she does, she sees as a way of uh, more than just a business, but giving back to a community. So it's just great to see these different perspectives from different mums. And I hope wherever you find yourself this morning, that one of those stories connected with you, that one of those situations maybe connected with you and this Mother's Day as you leave, whether you're a mom or a dad or a kid, wherever you are, grandparents this morning, um, great-grandparents, I hope something through what was said God used to maybe challenge and inspire you on this wonderful Mother's Day. 
So we're going to um, close out here in just a second, but we have one more little surprise for all you mums out there. So uh, over the last few years on Mother's Day, we've always tried as a church to be able to do something to impact um, mums in our community. We've done something with an organization last year called Young Lives that works with um, teenage mums. Uh, we've done something in the past with a group called My Sister's House that has a home here in um, Washington for single mums. But uh, although everyone loves that we do this, and I get such a lot of support and feedback, I also kind of pick up a little bit that mums are like, but we'd kind of like something too. <laughs> you know, it is our day. So we're going to do something special here today for all the mums. So uh, in getting ready to tell her story, Wendy and I had a little bit of a chat, and uh, Connect Church and Prep Freeze Cook have come together, and uh, we have a special gift for all the mums. When you leave today, you're going to get one of these cards, and uh, you have this week to turn in this card at Prep, Free Cook, Prep Freeze Cook for a free meal from us and Prep Freeze Cook. So mums, this week, at least one night, you get a pass, you get a, a, free, uh, a free meal there, so, or uh, maybe dads if you're the, the cooks in the household. But, um, but before I send you out to grab your cars, let me just tell you one other thing that we kind of came up with when we were talking together. So uh, here in the congregation, we have a wonderful lady. Her name is Christy Schofield, and she's going to be mad, but I'm going to ask her to stand up just for a second if you would. Christy, there she is. Give us a wave, Christy. We love Christy and her family, and Christy actually works full-time in Peoria for Dream Center Peoria. And uh, her role down in Dream Center Peoria is she oversees the shelter down there for uh, uh, women with kids, single moms. And uh, basically, it's a, a shelter a, um, for people to come in and spend the night. So uh, we got a couple of pictures of some of the families that Christy's able to interact with just down there at Dream Center Peoria and uh, making a huge difference. Christy's story is amazing of how God really worked in her life at a different, uh, many years ago and now she's able to, to give back and pour into these mums' lives. So what we've decided to do as a church is uh, go one step further. So on behalf of Connect Church and Prep Freeze Cook, every one of you this week, when you turn in a card and pick up a free meal, we're also going to cover the cost of another meal that we're going to set aside, and all those meals will be donated to Dream Center Peoria and the Women's Shelter. So not only will you be picking up a great meal for your family this week, for every one of you that turns a card in, you'll also be blessing another family, uh, another situation down there in Peoria. So thanks, Wendy, and the Prep Freeze Cook team, and uh, thank you guys for being a part of this. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to send you on your way. Uh, if you didn't get a chance on the way in, there is a photo booth. Uh, you can get your pictures taken. And then if you upload that picture with the hashtag ConnectMums, uh, later in the day we'll be selecting one lucky winner to win a gift card. So make sure you hashtag your picture when you put it on Instagram or Facebook, because that's the only two forms of social media us old people use. So, uh, <laughs> so check those out. Father God, we want to thank you so much for just how much you love us. And Lord, just like Kay said, you know, we can forget that sometimes and get busy and, and forget that you just love us for who we are, not for what we do, but who we are. And maybe the people who struggle to remember that the most sometimes are mums because they are so busy and they have so many um, demands in their lives on uh, look, looking after the kids and some are working too and being great wives and, and they can get caught up in the doing, Lord, and not the being. 
So I pray for everyone here this morning, but especially the mums, that we would focus on you, we would center ourselves on you, we would look for opportunities this week to rest in your presence, to appreciate these wonderful families that we've got, and to never miss a moment. We love you, Jesus. Amen.